Hello, everyone, and welcome to the HC Vidcast episode 10 of our Curious Conversations. Today, we're going to be talking about brand tracking, a fun little thing we got going on here at HCD. So without further ado, I'm going to launch right in and welcome everybody. So welcome to those of you that have joined us in the past. Welcome back. And welcome to those of you that are new to our conversation to introduce ourselves. My name is Michelle Murphy-Magella. I am VP of Research and Innovation at HCD, and I'm joined, as always, by Catherine Ambrose. Catherine? Hi, everybody. Hope everyone's having a great week. I am Catherine Ambrose, Manager of Behavioral and Marketing Sciences. And like Michelle said, if you're new here, we're so happy to have you. And if you're a returning friend, welcome back. Uh, Before we get started, Michelle is going to share a little bit about our company. So I'll let her... So HCD is uh, a research house. We provide research on consumers, um, how they're perceiving, evaluating, and responding to different types of stimuli, which could be anything from products to marketing to consumer experiences. We use a combination of tools that we call applied consumer neuroscience, which is really looking at their psychology, their physiological effects, um, as well as traditional methods to see how they are experiencing different um, communications or products or whatever it might be. We do those from the early early stages of exploration all the way through validation of final products or communications, anything from product development um, to ingredients and everything like that, all the way through marketing mix. Uh, Our methodologies can be done all over the world. Uh, We do things in person as well as online. Uh, And uh, without further ado, let's go right into this. Uh, Sounds good. We have to make a a song to describe HCD. I know, I know. Down to a science. (laughs) (laughs) That we should work on that theme song for for these conversations. (laughs) (laughs) But today we're talking about brands and in particular brand tracking. And so we all know what brands are, right? Brands are um, the, the companies that we buy things from or that we experience. They're you know, they have these products and those products have names and entities and, and identities. And, and that's really what the brand is. Right. right. And I think it's really important to recognize that when um, you're working with a brand, um, I think it's especially the idea of brand identity. Uh, it's building that relationship with the consumer. And I know just personally speaking as a consumer, I do have connections with certain brands mm-hmm. and especially food brands. Um, like Starbucks, I, my parents, have opinions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My parents love Starbucks growing up and I'm not a really big coffee drinker, but the idea of Starbucks, like I had <laughs> the image of my like parents from it. Um, yeah, there's so. strong loyalty there, emotional connection as well as memory. And I think what's interesting right here is that you know, the, the logos we're seeing, these are just logos of mm-hmm. the brands. It's, it's how they communicate who they are to you. And most of these don't have words in them right? They just have imagery and color. And those things immediately have responses in your brain for what you remember the brand is. So when you said Starbucks, you know, obviously it's the the green um, mermaid there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, When you think about Apple, Mac, right? It's definitely literally that Apple or Target. It's that Target. McDonald's is just the arches Um, or the swoosh. We all know that's Nike. You know, so it's like they don't have to have the word Nike or Starbucks in their logo you identify that brand because they've made that connection with you, whether it's through experience and, and repetition. And so your memory is triggered or you're getting an emotional response, like the loyalty you feel towards Starbucks because it's part of your family. 
Right. So brands really do encompass much more than just their product or their name. It's made up of everything from, you know, colors to symbols. And even, mm. um, even with Coca-Cola, if you want to think about it, like the bottle shape is so iconic. Um, all of those things really do form that identity and they, they change over time because mm -hmm. You build a relationship with the consumer, but then just like any other normal relationship, it's going to evolve and change. It could be disappointments. It could be successes, right? That either strengthen it or maybe have you trying something new, right? Exactly. Yeah. So let's kind of explore what happens, like how, how these things can change. Um, and, and this is why we do brand tracking, right? So, you know, you do trend brand tracking because you want to evaluate what's going on with the brand over time for key metrics. So, and why we say key metrics in particular is because you want to have a stable measure so you can see that there's an actual change from point A to point B, right? Mm -hmm. Right, might, exactly. It, yeah, there's questions about what are you tracking and, and that may depend on what's important for you. Right, and I think that it also, um, it's very, you know, subjective to to the person and I, and like we had shared in the previous slide that brands really do encompass so many things that you can track each one mm -hmm. of those individual things to see how it's, um, you know, performing across measures and yeah. how it's affecting maybe. And traditionally it really is like financial stuff, right? So they, mm -hmm. they track how well you're selling, how many products are moving off the shelf, right? Um, you know, how many, how much do you have in sales? That's your yeah. traditional tracking. But, you know, as we said before, you guys, you can pair that with your competitors and you can use that as your main metric to decide whether or not you need to make changes. Maybe you have mm -hmm. to change whether or not someone goes on sale, maybe that increases the number of people. Um, but there are these other consumer values, right? So yes, you can track the financials, you can track sales, all those sorts of things. But you know, when we think about what the brand is, like we were saying before, it's important to think about these other elements, the memory, the loyalty, the emotions that are attached, because ultimately that's what decides whether or not someone's going to be loyal to you. Are they going to buy your product again? Right. Mm -hmm. So you're saying it really comes down to the consumer values is that it's that the changing consumer is really what's going to be driving most mm -hmm. of this. So and it's something I've been talking about for a long time that we've in the past 50 years, we've all been very product centric, right? Very company centric and product centric, but ultimately the consumer is deciding what they're going to do. And with so many options out there today where someone isn't limited to what's available at their store, you know, they can go online and find a new brand to be loyal to. Uh, it's really important to maybe shift that focus to be consumer centric. What are their needs? What are their emotions? What are their perceptions? What are their values? And what is going to keep them loyal to your product to buy it again? So in that, you know, we have our own approach for doing it. So yes, you still need to find out, you know, of course, how you're performing in the market as far as sales, right? You're still going to want to do that. Mm -hmm. But if you really want to make an impact and be part of your consumer's lifestyle, which I think is arguably how you have the most successful product is when someone integrates it into their lifestyle. It is part of who they are. Like you said, Starbucks is a part of your family, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to be a lo loyal um, 
Starbucks person, or maybe same thing with Coke. You've got that emotional expression. You're not going to go to Pepsi. You're a Coke person. You know, you're a dog person or you're a cat person, right? Right, right. It's, it's very much your intertwined into who you are. <laughs> exactly. And that that's it for sure. Because if even if you think about Nike, like people wear these logos on them, it represents who they are. So right. and if people you are really, willing to pay extra for that representation. That. Yeah. So if you think about that, you really have to think about, okay, what is important to the consumer then? How do we fit into their lifestyle? And lifestyle has a lot to do with habits. And right. habits is really how we navigate through our day. It's how we use the products around us, how we buy things. It's all habitual, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we have this thing we call the habit loop and it's breaking down our habitual routines and finding out, okay, what are the key elements of our habit, of our lifestyle that shapes what we do, right? So you have the cues, which trigger the habit. And then you have the routine, which is how you carry out the habit. And then you have the reward that sort of makes you want to do the habit again, makes it a loop, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about an example, maybe it's, you know, having coffee in the afternoon. What's your cue? Is it that you get tired? Um, is it that you drive by Starbucks? right? And you just have it every day on your way home from school or whatever it is, you drive by Starbucks and it cues you, right? right? Or is it that it's, you know, something you do socially, like that's your opportunity to talk to your friends, you know? I mean, I also would say that timing, it could just be time of day. It could be something the that cue. Yeah. cues you. Yeah. And then the routine also, like, how do you go about getting your coffee? Do you have to leave your home or your office? Do you make it at home? right? Is it something you have time to actually make with a coffee maker? Is it something you need to just grab really quickly? Do you use your own cup or do you use a reusable, you know, a disposable cup? Um, and then what do you feel afterwards? Do you feel rewarded like now you're awake or is it something more than that? It's like an emotional, I feel good. I feel treated. Um, you know, I've treated myself to this treat. Is it something more like that? Right. And right. I think when you break it down, then it becomes really interesting to better understand your consumer and how your product can really fit into it. Um, so to measure that sort of idea, we take those, those sort of words that go into those cues, routines and rewards and we, we feed it into two pieces. One is a traditional um, sort of methodology we use called Max Diff. And this is basically a ranking of importance. So when you think about your coffee drinking, what's most important? Is it that it's available or that it's fresh? You know, So is it something you would grab pre-made out of the refrigerator? Or is it something that has to be brewed right then? Um, is it that it's convenient or that it's affordable, right? So these sort of choices are, are the things you're deciding on, on your needs. So we get what's most important, what's the need that consumers need from your product? It's the and preference, then, right? Yeah, and then we, do the perception. So when we look at your brand versus a competitor, A versus B, um, how are people looking at your brand? So if we're looking at Starbucks versus Dunkin' Donuts, you know, is it that it's more convenient and affordable or is it that it's, you know, more available and fresh? Is it that it's part of your routine or that, you know, it's, um, you know, just about that convenience? So, you know, really going, okay, now we know what the consumer's need are for coffee drinking in general, what are the differences with the products that are out there, right? What are the perceptions they have? So I think if you can understand these things and track them over time, then we can start to see um, how your brand can maybe improve or compete against your competitors, right? So Michelle, you're really suggesting that these check-ins are to keep a pulse on not just mm -hmm. the health of the, the company or the communications, but it's really just to make sure that you can also 
really connect with the current consumer because yeah, life needs change. Yeah, people change. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, right now, I don't know when you're listening to this audience, but, um, you know, for us right now, we're, we're still in, you know, the trenches of quarantine, self-quarantine. And so people aren't, you know, necessarily going out as much. And you're definitely not, you know, at work where you might have a coffee station at work, right? So maybe people are doing a lot more, you know, home product Home brewing yeah yeah you know there was a whole movement with the delgado coffee right where people were trying to make a fancy frothy uh coffee drink at home rather than being able to go to starbucks and get it so being able to track these sort of changes over time may track you know what's going to happen in the future or how you're going to meet those needs because these needs are changing and their perceptions of your availability if you're closed right maybe you're not dependable anymore right you know, so I think it's important to track these things over time because, you know, you want to be able to keep up with the times with your innovations, right? So whether it's innovations in your communications, like the advertisements that you're having, or if it's actually a change within the product, you can use this information to generate some innovation ideas, right? Yeah. And I, I would also say that these um, check-ins are, are really important too, because, Thing, things do constantly change. And sometimes um, you can use the information that you had from past check-ins to really, it, uh, the best word to use is to really track and to really um, see uh, like your ebbs and flows of, of certain strategies and see what's really resonating with your consumer and what's something maybe we should pull back on. Yeah. Yeah. And also, are you just following a trend or are you making a true disruptive innovation, right? So using this, you know, need and perception model, you can make true disruptive innovation anticipating what the next step is going to be. What's the next need gap going to be? Right. Um, and if things don't actually, if you're showing that maybe the concept that you're using is really resonating, um, that just helps to further validate that you, you did the right, um, mm -hmm. you know, you did the right choice in having that product harmony. And which is, you know, talking about validation in particular, that's what you really want to check as well is that, um, once you've made your prototype, made your final product, you need to check in that you're still meeting those needs, right? Because um, otherwise you're going to have product failure in market. And, you know, I, you know, I like to say, quote all the research that's out there that, you know, says that, what is it like 75% of all new market introductions fail in, in, in market. So yeah, it can uh, be even higher. <laughs> It can be higher. Um, so it's really important to be able to track these things in the directions that they are going. Um, and that's, you know, maybe think about new products, but you may also want to think about just what kind of happens over time. So, you know, it may depend on the type of product that you have, but you could do these waves, um, you know, bi-monthly, yearly, quarterly, whatever it might be that fits, you know, the changes that happen in your particular um sort of product space, right? Because mm -hmm. different products have different sort of life cycles. Um, but, you know, you do want to check in with your consumers to see, like, are you still meeting these needs? Because ultimately things happen, right? Maybe, um, maybe something like COVID happens and availability of different products, you know, becomes problematic. Um, this can be a brand crisis thing, right? Where suddenly right. people don't, you're not available anymore, right? You have to shut down. Um, it could be that you had a media snafu, 
right? Yeah, exactly. Um, bad publicity, really bad thinking in your advertising. So how do you recover from that? Are you going to lose anybody? Track over time to see if whatever um, changes that you're making are having the right effect emotionally and perceptually for your consumers. Right. Um, and I would even say something um, even in the food world would be something like a recall could be something that you'd want to be able to, to track over time mm -hmm. to see um, the effects of that event on your brand and really understand how you're being perceived um, in comparison to that crisis that you, you went yeah. through. Um, and it's really Absolutely. important when, when considering a crisis is you never know when that's going to actually take place. So you want to, you know, have those con uh, consistent check-ins so that way you can yeah. monitor the full scope of of the um, progress over time. Yes, I mean, we're in the heat of COVID right now. We're doing a lot of work for clients that we are tracking, right? We're starting mm -hmm. now to track to see what's gonna happen. But, you know, yeah, obviously they would have been better off starting before COVID, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's good to track now and then see what happens in the future. Um, but also track through a crisis because crises can happen at any time. Um, but that's the importance of, of doing this sort of tracking, right? right. Um, but it's also for, you know, your campaigns that you might have. Maybe it's a logo change. Maybe it's a spokesperson change, wherever it might be. Um, you want to see where you are now and what these different changes are going to do from the overall perception. Right. And I think that especially with campaign tracking, it shows you the effectiveness of that marketing campaign and um, seeing how well that launch really uh, yeah. takes to the consumer or if it, you know, if it- Yeah, like do you wanna really continue putting money behind it? Um, because that can be a huge loss. Advertising is very expensive. Exactly. Uh, you know, so making sure that it's worth throwing all that money into it or do you need to pivot? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's definitely valuable to do. Um, it's got a lot of perks. Right. So being able to track your positioning and, and you're making strategy around that. So how where are we in, com in comparison to our competitors? Um, you can link this to sales. Right. So you can see that, like, OK, when this happened, this is what happened to our sales. How does that link to perceptions? How does it link to the emotional um, link that that consumers have to the brand what does it mean for what people see your brand as you know are you maintaining this identity you know are you still coca-cola when you change something right? but also with that i would also say that um it could be are you focusing on the right demographics is mm -hmm. your are you targeting the right people um with what your brand is you know what your brand is perpetuating and uh, encouraging so those are yeah. things to also consider so really, it's something that everybody should be doing to maintain a healthy brand mm -hmm. um, and to move forward and be able to innovate and, and do it in a way that you're really consumer centric. Um, again, you know, those financials are important, but let, let's think about our consumers and let's think about how they view our brands. Um, that, that could be arguably um, most important. So with that, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Please uh, join us, link with us on LinkedIn um, and subscribe, like below. Please go ahead and click like, make a comment if you like. We'd love to hear from you. Um, subscribe to us, email either of us if you have any questions and you want to talk more. We're happy to do that. Tweet with us, follow us, visit our blog. Catherine and I are once again happy to have you join us and we uh, hope you have a great day. And join us next time when we uh, have this podcast again. Um, and uh, thank you so much.
Yes, thank you everyone. Please feel free to reach out. We have great white papers on this topic as well and blogs and webinars that we'd be more than happy to share. And if you're interested in more information, uh, like Michelle said, please contact us. So with that being said, enjoy the day. All right, bye-bye.